Good evening, Bethlehem and saints of God. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good night or whatever time you're tuned into our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. My name is Pastor Michael Eaton. I serve as the senior pastor here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church, and I'll be your Bible teacher tonight. And I want to welcome you to tonight's Bible study. And before we get into Bible study, I want to take this opportunity to extend the personal invitation for those who are listening or watching and you live in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma or Garvin County, and you do not have a church home. You must, in order to be all that God has called you to be, you must be a part of a church home. I can remember when I first got saved and serious with the Lord, I didn't want to go to church with hypocrites. That's what I said. I want to be up there and go to church with the hypocrites. But God moved me to uh, become a part of my first church as an adult, a 19-year-old young man. I joined. God led me to Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship there in Dallas, Texas. And boy, did I begin to grow. And God showed me that I need the body of Christ, that I needed a, a local church home. It's good to watch uh, right here. You know, we're we're uh, on uh, all of the media platforms. It's good to watch here, but it's nothing that can replace the local body of Jesus Christ. It's like a supplement. You know, doctors would tell you, you can take a multivitamin, but the best way to get the vitamins is to eat a healthy meal. And that's what the church is. It's the healthy meal. And you've got to come here, focus on the Lord. People say, hey, I'm not going to go into that church. There's a lot of hypocrites there. But that would be a valid argument if, if you went to your job. If you go to your job, on your job, there's a lot of hypocrites. There's some folks that don't even like to come. There's some folks, they hypocrites. They they uh, take in two-hour lunches when they're supposed to have one hour. They're hypocrites, but you don't let them stop you from getting your check. Hello, somebody. Don't let the devil stop you from getting your check from heaven. God uses the local body of Christ in the, in the lives of believers. And he sent me here 16 years ago to come and be a part of this local body. And I want you to join us this coming Sunday. You don't have a church on uh, right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church, 311 North Dunbar is our address again 311 north dunbar we're in the heart of paul's valley oklahoma and we'd love to see your face in the place bring a family member or a friend with you it's a one hour service and again we'd love to see your face in the place this coming sunday before you join us why don't you go ahead and uh, visit our website at aw uh our website at hear god's word at bethlehem.com again our website is hear god's word at bethlehem.com Get to know us first and then join us. Also, you can join our other multimedia uh, uh, ministries, become a part of what I call Cyber Church. But ultimately, we want to see your face in this place. We will not be satisfied until we see you in this place. Now, for you first timers, here's how Wednesday Zoom starts. So we have opening prayer, announcements, the reading of the word, the introduction video, the Bible study itself, the invitation and the benediction. So let's go ahead and open up in the word of prayer. Father, we come today believing by faith that this is a sovereign moment and that this is a sovereign time. Believing by faith that there is a holy God that's concerned about us learning today's lesson. Believing by faith that there is a Holy Spirit that's ready to teach us what thus says the Lord. Believing by faith, Father, that you're about to do something mighty and something awesome through your word tonight. Encourage, inspire, rebuke. Do all that you do by the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives tonight that we may glorify you once we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise the Lord. Amen, and praise the Lord. A few announcements. Uh, Bethlehem, I announced this Sunday, we're going to be fasting and praying for the last time of this summer, and we're going to start back in the fall. But this will be the last time this summer that we will be fasting, praying from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. collectively. Of course, you continue to pray uh, throughout the summer. Uh, we'll still send out the pastor's text in regards to praying 
initiatives or who or what we're praying for. Uh, but this will be the last time. So let's uh, all join together and fast and pray uh, this Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Of course, we're continuing fasting, praying that God would add disciples uh, to the church. Uh, fasting and praying also your burden. You may have a burden that you need us to touch and agree with, something you're trying to do or accomplish for God's kingdom and God's will or somebody's life you're interceding on behalf that they may be saved. We want to fast and pray with you, your burden. This coming Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. We're asking and soliciting prayers, fasting and praying and, pray and prayers throughout the summer for our new television program, A Word from the Lord which can now be seen on the Now Television Network at 5.30 uh, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and we're praying that God would use this ministry. They say they have, uh, they reach and through the satellite, 180 million households and through cable, 156 million. God has allowed us to be on this platform and we're praying that God would use us. I mean, this is a miraculous thing that is happening. We're following Joyce Myers and uh, another great uh, financial ministry, even before her, Kenneth Copeland, I believe. And God has placed us right at that spot. And I believe uh, that we're like a little David. Uh, we're going to attack that Goliath and believe that God can do mighty and awesome things. We don't have a multi-million dollar budget. We don't have a multi-million dollar reputation. We're not celebrities. Um, all we are is somebody who got a clue who God is. See, as I always say, Bethlehem may not serve at a mega church, but I do serve a mega God. And when you serve a mega God, he can put you in mega places. Hello, somebody. Uh, just to glorify him. Let me say that again. When you serve a mega God, uh, he can put you in mega places for his glory. And he get more glory for this story because we probably shouldn't be here in the first place. Hello, somebody. It's only him. And we point to him. And we pray that God would give us favor in those 180 million and 56 million households that he might use us straight out of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, to impact the world. We'll be heard. We're heard in uh, London at 1030, right before church time in London. Hello, somebody. London time through the satellite. So God is doing some mighty things here and we want you to fast and pray and ask God will do yet still more through this program in Jesus name. We're excited. So fast and pray for that saints all throughout the summer as we establish ourselves on the network in Jesus name. And also another exciting thing that's happening during this summer is that my book uh, for the Baptist Laban's is for this summer. The Laban's Lesson for the Summer of 2023 is out. And you can, uh, men, I've already said we'll get some for the church as we always do. But if you're not a part of our sanctuary, you can uh, visit our YouTube page. Go up there and click the link or visit uh, our national page, Sunday School Publishing Board of National Baptist USA Incorporated and find the layman's lesson for the summer. And this lesson is about spiritual warfare. So this is a mighty great lesson. We're gonna to learn throughout the summer, pray to God. As we fast and pray to God, we'll bless our time with the men throughout the summer. A, a conversation straight out of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Once again, God doing what he does, Give him the glory straight out of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. We're having a conversation this summer with the men of the National Baptist USA Incorporated. And we are so excited about that in Jesus' name. So fast and pray about this as well. And pick up the book as well, men. Uh, pick up uh, this book in Jesus' name. Today, we're starting a study uh, entitled Man Up. Uh, we're continuing a study. We actually started Sunday. We're continuing a study called uh, Man Up, Man Up. 
and we're challenging men to do what the Bible says that men should do. And the Bible says that men should man up. Hello, somebody. Let me say it again. The Bible does say it. We're standing on 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. It says what? Uh, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong in Jesus' name. We're standing on this all throughout this month of June. This month, we're going to praise men as well as teach men the way God's man should get his worth because we have a screwed mindset in the world of what a man is. In the world, uh, they think a man is defined by the number of women that he has or the number of children that he has or how big his bank account is. The more uh, money he has, the more women and everybody else throw themselves at him. This is not uh, who God calls men to be. Uh, we want to throw off the worldly look at what and who they think God, a uh, man should be. And we want to be the man of God that God calls us to be, so much so that on June 18th, and the same way on Mother's Day, where the children rise up and call her blessed. We want the children of the men of Bethlehem and the saints of God in the body to rise up and call these men blessed because of what they have done, the sacrifices that they have made in your life. I was laughing on Sunday about Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey said, they don't do nothing for us on Father's Day. Steve Harvey said, "They, you know, you don't need you, you don't need reservations on Father's Day. On Mother's Day, you better get your reservations early uh, to go out and eat. They don't do nothing. Well, we want to stop that at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. We want to praise the men, the men of God, who are acting like men in Jesus' name. So we want to encourage you, men." Uh, men of God here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church, as well as the men of the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Here's uh, what we're going to look at this summer. We already said on this summer or this Sunday, man up, Adam, the passive man. Now, if you didn't hear that message, man, you need to go back, go up to my website and uh, hear God's word at Bethlehem.com. Go down and click that Facebook tab and there's a link there. Uh, where you can download for free this message uh, because God doesn't want us to be Adam and be passive. Today, we're going to talk about man up, Paul, the weak man. We're going to talk about Sunday, David, uh, man up, David, the young man. We're going to look at next Wednesday, man up, Jonah, the running man. There's some men who are running from the will of God in their lives. And it's time for you to man up in Jesus' name. Man up, Jacob, the fighting man. Man up, Peter, the reinstated man. Man up, Saul, the hiding man. Man up, Barnabas, the generous man. We want to encourage you through this lesson. Today, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. Really, we're going to read in your hearing verses 7 through 10. The context is 1 through 10. Let me read that in your hearing, men and women of God. We, As I said during the women's series, the word cuts both ways. So everybody can learn uh, what it's like to have integrity in the faith. Here it reads, or because of these surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was, give, I was giving a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. May God only bless the doers of his holy and magnificent word as I read to you today, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. We're going to share again today a word entitled Man Up, Paul, the weak man. And we're going to look on around three points the Holy Spirit gives us utterance. We're going to talk about the cause of the weakness. And then we're going to talk about the conspiracy of the weakness. And then we're going to talk about the cure of weakness. And we want men to know today that men should get their strength by being weak in the Lord. Let me say that again. Men should get their strength by being weak in the Lord. And that also can be women too, by the way. The word cuts both ways. Um, let's look at this brief video and then we'll get into the word. Amen. And praise the Lord. Let's look at the maps of Bethlehem as this become our habit. We've been looking at the maps to see what's going on in the place, uh, either the text or the character or the person in the scripture on the maps. And first of all, I want you to know, as always, we always want to know where Jerusalem is. We spot Jerusalem. Jerusalem is down here. Bethlehem is not on the map, but Bethlehem is down here. But in all points and purposes, we see a man that man up for God and helped to spread the word of God all the way from Jerusalem down here, all the way around to what we know as modern day Turkey. And you see these green crosses on uh, the map, and these are the sites of the seven churches in the book of revelation and that word spread it all the way from once again jerusalem all the way around here to modern day turkey all the way around here to greece and we're at a place called corinth right here right here that's corinth and that's athens down here corinth we know books two books first corinthians seven corinthians this was the intention of the message that we're talking about today Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. And we know that these men, men up, and Paul won, that the word spread all the way around here, went all the way around, all the way down somewhere around here, like in America, and all the way through America, down here, right above Texas, to a place called Bethlehem Baptist Church in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. The impact of their ministry is felt all the way here. We named uh, the 
organizers of our church call our church Bethlehem Baptist Church. Bethlehem is back over here in the Middle East. So that with men in manning up, the, the message spread all the way to America, all the way around the world. And that's where we are on the map today. Those little purple dots also uh, are cities visited by Paul. Let's get into the first one, the cause of the weakness. Now, anybody knows me, know I have a pet peeve, okay? I have a pet peeve and also I am somewhat haunted about wanting to not be my pet peeve because you know some people uh their pet peeves is a reflection of who they really are and and, and that's how we see in history and throughout church and that men who are critical of certain things got caught doing the same thing and i pray that not be of me because i'm critical of people who call themselves men or women of God who are arrogant. That drives me nuts. I don't care who you are. What drives me nuts is men of God, preachers like myself. And you go to some of these conventions and, and they're arrogant. They walk around, can't speak or talk to anybody. Got their nose up in the air, arrogant. Got on their $700 suits and $300 shoes and, and they're arrogant. And really there's nothing wrong with what they got on. It's got, it's the attitude that you have, because uh, I like to say that I feel like Joseph who came out the prison and God dressed me up and put me on a, on a carriage and, and, and rise me around the city. Um, and so it's not that you have, uh, good things the thing the, the 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 thing about it is not that you have good things is that the good things have you hello somebody to where you are so arrogant and and i cannot stand arrogant preachers i don't care if you have a twenty thousand dollar mega church at the best all you are is a delivery man Woo! let me say it again because I, 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 I was while I was in college uh, uh, for at the at, at the at the college there, Criswell College in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I worked for a company called Wingtip Couriers, and and Wingtip Couriers. Uh, most of us who worked at Wingtip Couriers were either students at uh, Criswell College or uh, DTS. And 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 I say like say that Wingtip Couriers is 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 a place of what set us and made us different from all the other carriers in Dallas is that we had on a tie and a uniform, a nice tie and some khaki pants. And, and, and we service uh, some of the higher class uh, law, law, law firms and, and we service uh, some of the richer neighborhoods in our delivery. And I like to say that I was a dressed up carrier and we had nice uh, brand new trucks, wingtip trucks that we drove. But all I was was a dressed up courier. And when I delivered a message, guess what? Then nobody praised me uh, for delivering the message because all I did was do my job. And I was one of the best. Alpha 275 was my number and I was one of the best. And I like to say that all I am right now for the Lord is a wingtip courier. Now I'm dressed up and I'm, you might see me in a nice car, but all I am is a dress, a dressed up courier to deliver the message on time. And as a result of that, I shouldn't have any reason to be arrogant. Hello, somebody. Well, God had a concern about Paul because Paul would be would, 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 would write uh, what we believe almost half of the New Testament. God, Paul would be used to establish the churches as we know it. And we showed you the cities that Paul visited and he was on fire for the Lord. And, 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 and But God was concerned about him being arrogant. I'm concerned about every young preacher that I preach. The one thing you'll hear me say oh, is stay humble. Don't get arrogant. 
Don't allow people to make more of you than what you are. You may get to go and be in impressive places, but no, it's the God that you serve that puts you there. You don't have any reason to be arrogant. God didn't want Paul to be arrogant. And what his, his plan to stop him from being arrogant uh, was, uh, was this revelation, the cause of his weakness. Because of these surpassing revelations, you want to be used of God, truly used of God and have surpassing revelation. God has to be concerned about keeping you humble. Hello, somebody. To keeping you from being conceited, man. You don't man up by being humble. You man up by staying low uh, about being conceited, but you man up by being humble. Don't allow nobody or no thing, no position in the world to cause you to think that you are more than what you are. In Jesus' name, and, and Paul said, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, this was the cause of the weakness. Some preachers are wondering why they're going through what they're going through. It's in order to keep you from being conceited in Jesus' name. To keep you from being conceited, God will cause some things to happen in your life, men. To keep you from being conceited. In Jesus' name, and that's my number one concern. Oh, don't let me be conceited now, because now I'm in 100, 150 million households and 56 million, okay? Please, that's God. That's God. I have nothing to be arrogant about. That's God. That's what God did. Like I told you before, I feel like Joseph uh, coming out the prison and being dressed up and putting on, behalf, on the back of, uh, of the chariot. And that's the way God wants you to be, is to be humble. Arrogance and conceitedness in the church has destroyed our church. Conceited and arrogant preachers, conceited and arrogant deacons have destroyed our churches. Conceited and arrogant members huh, who don't want to fellowship with other churches because they such and much. They the silk stocking church. Whoa, God don't have no silk stocking churches. Hello, somebody. God don't have no VIPs uh, in his church. There's only one VIP in his church, and his name is Jesus. And if you want to follow this, example of this VIP, you got to learn to be nailed to the cross and die for the sins of the world. Hello, somebody. And he himself washed the feet of the disciples, the creator of the world that we know it in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That, that Jesus who came out of eternity in the time, who created all things in the, uh, 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 before, after eternity, he was humble and washed the feet of the disciples. He was not conceited. He was not arrogant. As a matter of fact, whoa, they didn't even really know who he was. You say, preacher, what do you mean they didn't know who he was? They had to pray for old brother Judas the money to point him out because he blended in so well. Hey, hello, somebody. Jesus wasn't walking around like these men on television or in uh, these mega churches and got who they call armor bearers. You couldn't tell who Jesus, Jesus had an arm. He was wiping the feet. You couldn't tell. Hello, somebody. Jesus didn't have a crowd of, of underlings around him. Oh, like they do today in the church and many churches and many people who think they somebody. Whoa, they're conceited. That's that, 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 that's that, some of you would, won't get this one. That's that Remy Mob theology, Remy Mob theology, because she says she looked too good. Then she says she's conceited. Hello, somebody. God don't want that Remy Mob uh, theology in the church. He said, I got a plan. I'm going to cause this weakness in Paul's life because of the surpassing greatness that I'm giving him. Uh, because, uh, uh, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, Paul says, this is the cause. And, yeah, and then point number two is the conspiracy. And you, can, you can fall off the, your seat under the, the conspiracy of the weakness. Where the God says in Hosea. Chapter two, verse six, therefore behold, I've hedged, what it says? 
I have hedged up her path with thorns. I, I will enclose her with a wall so that she cannot find her way. See, this wasn't the first thorn that God used here and here in Hosea. Uh, it says, therefore, behold, I will hedge up her path with thorns. God had hedged up Paul's path with a thorn for his flesh. And the reason that he did it, the cause of it was because God wanted to use him in a mighty and awesome way. And God didn't want, because of him being used in an awesome and mighty way, he didn't want Paul to become conceited. And if you want to be used of God in awesome and mighty ways, guess what? He's going to put a thorn in your flesh to keep you from being conceited. No Remy Ma theology in the church. He don't want nobody to be conceited in Jesus name nobody the preacher the first lady the deacon the deaconesses and, and everybody members no silk stocking churches none, none of that he don't want nobody in this church if you're gonna man up you gotta stay humble Woo! let me say that man up summer if you're gonna man up you've gotta stay humble because it's a, a conceited folk who fight hello somebody conceited preachers who fight Conceited deacons that want to fight and have their way in, in the church. And that's why we got so much problem in the church. It's too much really my theology. They conceded in Jesus' name. Man, this was the cause of what Paul was going through, that thorn in the flesh, was that God was going to use him to revelate to the world. And he used him mightily to write books kind of similar to myself. I write books. He used him mightily. He wrote, wrote over half the New Testament because God was going to use him. He, he had a cause for the thorn. And not only that, man, this blows my mind. He had a conspiracy, okay? He wanted to keep him humble, okay? So what is he going to do? He come up with a conspiracy plan. What is the conspiracy? It says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Woo! This is a conspiracy plan. Check this out. A messenger of Satan uh, to torment me. Woo! Conspiracy theory. Lord, am I reading this in your book, in your Bible, in a time where all we want in the church is to be blessed in a time well, all we believe in the church is that if we have God's favor, that he's going to bless us. And if we don't have God's favor, uh, we, we, we will not be blessed. No, God, God said that he was in good favor. He was about to use him, give him and revelate some stuff in his life, in the life of the church. He has God's favor. And this is why we have to always preach against prosperity gospel, because they teach you wrong. They teach you wrong. And right now I'm on a network where there are plenty of folk that are teaching wrong, but God has called me to be the light and salt of the world. And sometimes in order to be a sight and light, the sight, the salt and light of the world, you got to be the salt and light in the church that is dark right now. And, 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 but, but that prosperity teaching will say that this, this can't be in the Bible. It says this is conspiracy. It says I was given. Oh, God gave it to me. He opened the windows of heaven and let it rain. God gave it to me. We sing songs about opening the windows of heaven and let it rain. Do you really want God to rain it? Really? Hello, somebody. I was given to you to a thorn in my flesh. As old Hosea, a thorn in my flesh. And check this out. A messenger of Satan. Ooh, God allowed Satan to put a thorn in Paul's flesh. A messenger from Satan. And he, and he also allowed torment Ooh, to be a part of Paul's life. See, you won't hear this. This is the grown folk. You're at the grown folk table now. This is the grown folk table of Christianity. 
uh, it flies in the face of that prosperity gospel, Lord, uh, or, or, or that you're going to be well all the time gospel that, that's in America and now being exported all the way across the world. This is a conspiracy. God gave a thorn and God allowed that thorn to be delivered. You see, one of the things uh, that we get all the time is delivery folk. We get people from UPS. We get people from uh, FedEx. We get people from the United States. But Paul didn't, Paul got his, his mail came from Satan himself. Woo! It was Satan that had a message. Hello, somebody. And a method that God allowed to happen in his life. Perhaps you're going through a time where, where you know that Satan seems to be at work right now in your life, but how about God allowed it to happen? Hello, somebody. Same thing with Joseph. He, he allowed, he had a messenger. He, he used Satan for UPS. He used Satan, oh, for the FedEx. He used Satan and he allowed Satan to torment Paul. And the conspiracy starts with God himself. Ooh-wee! That's deep, that's deep. I said, that's why I say you're at the grown folk table now. You think you want to be grown in the faith, you know, like when you was growing up, you know how we were growing up. We just couldn't wait to be grown, couldn't wait to get out and do stuff on our own. And when we left home, life punched us in the mouth. <laughs> and we began to want to go back. The young folk call that today learning to adult, adulting. They got to learn to adulting because they had in their mama's house, they had it good. They didn't know how good they had it until after they left and had to adult. See, this is adulting. Christianity is adulting. Hello, somebody. You, you got to deal with the real stuff that God allows to happen in your life. You've got to adult. It's a conspiracy, and God himself started it and allowed Satan, oh, to deliver a message, and that message was torment to me. Think about what you're going through right now. Ooh, now think that it's from God. Ooh, a lot of times we like to say it's from the devil, but think it's from the from the Lord, that torment that you're going through. It's from the Lord, and he has a good reason because he's trying to keep you humble. Hello. This is what happened with Job, Job chapter 2, verse 5. Very well said the Lord to Satan, he is in your hands. That's what he said on behalf of Paul. Very well, the Lord said to say, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. You can't take his life, but you can touch his body. And, he, and the devil couldn't take Paul's life because Paul was going to be used incredibly. Hello, somebody. He couldn't take his life, but he could call him to be tormented in this life. Woo! Somebody's listening to the sound of my voice. You're wondering why you're going through what you're going through. It's to humble you. It's to stop you from being conceited. That's his, his main concern, like my concern for preachers after me and my concerns even for myself. I want to be a normal. I want to be plain. I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. I don't want to be conceited because that's not of God. And God has already put plenty of torment in my life. <laughs> <laughs> to keep me humble. Yeah, as Christian, you're going to have to go through some things, especially if he wants to use you. And if you're going to man up, you got to stay low. Woo! Let me say that again. If you're going to man up during the summer, you got to remember to stay low, to stay humble. That was a cause. And there was a conspiracy, but our God always has grace and mercy. David says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And this last point, men and women of God, is that God has a cure all for the cause. And he has a cure for the conspiracy that you're under right now. And his, his cure is what? As we talk about man up today, Paul the weak man. Here is his cure. 
<laughs> Think about what you're going through. <laughs> you're suffering for Christ's sake. Think about what you're going through. Here's the cure of the weakness, he said. But And, and Paul says, I, I ask God to take this thing away from me. Have you ever begged that some men in their marriage, God is using that marriage to keep you humble. You want God to, uh, to take you away from that wife or to take you away from that husband. Perhaps God wants to use you and he has that woman or that man in your life to keep you humble. But you say, Lord, I want to be divorced. Uh, uh, perhaps you're at that job and that boss is riding you and you know God gave you the job and you're like, God, I want you to send me to another job. Take this away away from me. Perhaps you got health issues uh, and you want to be delivered and you say, Lord, take me away from this hill. My body touched me and oh, make me whole again. And you've been begging God to remove that thorn that he, he has in your life to keep you from being conceited. And you begged him as Paul begged him three times and God says no. That's another sermon, preacher man. What happens when God says no? We don't ever talk about God saying no. But God said no to Paul. He said no. He's like uh, many of our parents that raised us right. They didn't always yes us. They had to give us some no's in our lives so that we wouldn't grow up conceited. Hello, son. That's why a lot of these kids are conceited today because they get to do any and everything they want to do and the parents didn't raise them. They raised their parents. Woo! And that's why they're so conceited and can't, and can't keep a job. So conceited and can't work on a team or be a part of a team. They so conceited. Oh, but God says, no, I'm not going to move it. Listen to somebody right now. You struggling right now. And God saying, no, you want to be delivered from that marriage. God saying, no, you want to be delivered from that job. God saying, no, you want to be delivered from your health. Cause God saying, no, I got greater plans for you. And in order for me to use you, I have to keep you from being conceited. I got to keep you a uh, humble. I got to keep you to a point where you're begging me. Hello, somebody. And he says this, this is the cure. My grace is sufficient for you. Hello, man and woman of God. God says, whatever you're going to, my, I'm not going to move it, but I'm going to help you to carry it. Woo! Let me say it again. I'm not going to heal you, but I'm going to help you to live through it. I'm not going to deliver you from the job, but I'm going to help you to live through it. I'm not going to deliver you from that frustrating marriage. I'm going to help you to live it. I'm going to enable you to become holier and righteous. I'm going to hold that situation up to you and show you the things in your own life that you need to change. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul began to get what was going on in his life. He said, I figured it out. Okay, God wants to use me greatly. And in order to use me greatly, you got to keep this stuff in my life to stop me from being conceited, to stop me from being that kind of uh, minister that, uh, that, that, that Etan hates. Uh, oh, and God hates. Uh, he, he said, in order to do that, this got to be it. I have to have some torment in my life. Woo! Christian, you ain't going to hear this on television. I, I have to have some torment in my life to keep me humble. Woo! And then Paul finally got it. He said, well, then therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power can rest upon me. I'm going to boast about my weaknesses so God's power can rest upon me. If you want God's strength, you got to boast about your weaknesses. You, you got to come to terms with that thing that he says that's not going to leave your life. Woo! That marriage, that, that, that job, a uh, uh, preacher man, that church that is tormenting you, they they coming after you. God says, oh, they can touch you, but they can't kill you. Hello, somebody. Get your strength from me. I will give you the power to maintain under this difficult time. Oh, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. When you're calling out in the middle of the night, asking God to deliver, that's weaknesses. Or oh, otherwise you wouldn't be calling. 
God makes it easy for us to pray. He put a little torment in our lives. And that torment keeps us on our knees. That torment keeps us praying. That delay keeps us praying, keeps us seeking him. I just did a message on a word from the Lord TV, uh, uh, mapping out uh, prayer and what that text in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7, ask and it will be given to you, seeking, you'll find and knock and the door will be at the present indicative mode, which means to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. You see, God will put some thorns in your flesh where to keep you from asking, keep you seeking, keep you knocking in Jesus' name. And that's the only way you're going to have strength to make it through such a time as this. That is the cure. You thought I was going to raise my hands and say you are delivered. No, I'm saying that I'm putting my hand down and saying in this message, you're not delivered. And this message, what you're going through is because of Christ. See, he wants to use you greater. And in order to use you greater, you must suffer more. And, 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 and that's the thing. That's what uh, these trainers will say. You know how you can look at trainers and they have these perfect bodies. And they, and, and they get complimented about their body. They, they say, your body is to die for. One trainer says, right, my body is to die for. And that's why I train daily. I lift heavy. I, I do uh, cardio. I eat right. It, I, yes, my, my body is to die for. I have to suffer for this body. Woo. God is saying, I want to use you in a greater and a mighty way. And you're going to have to suffer for the body of Christ. That this revelation may go forth. Because as you are weak in the Lord, God can use you greater. This last word here, and I'm out of time, Bethlehem. Daniel uh, uh, said this when he was weak. He, he says, uh, he says uh, this is what happened to him. Do not be afraid, you who are highly precious. This was a message from God to Daniel. He said, uh, peace be with you. Be strong now. Be very strong. As he spoke with me. He said he got it, got a message from the Lord. Somebody tonight, God is saying this. Hey, I'm not going to remove the thorn. I'm not going to remove the messenger. But, but I do want you to be strong now because in your weakness, you can get strength from the Lord. Be strong now. Be very strong. He spoke with me. And he says, I was strengthened and says, speak, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. God has come. Strengthen you tonight. This is what this message was for. Who couldn't think that a torment from Satan would be an encouragement? <laughs> but, but, but somebody heard the message tonight and understand why they're going through what they're going through. They're no longer confused. And they can say, as Daniel was in this text, he's no longer confused. He says, speak, Lord, now, for, I, for you have strengthened me. In Jesus' name, I'm out of time, Bethlehem and saints of God. Before I leave, perhaps somebody's listening and you're going through what we're describing in the text. You feel like you're being tormented. You're going through a whole lot. You feel like there's a messenger from Satan tormenting you, tormenting your life. You, you can't get a break. Perhaps God is using that messenger of, uh, of Satan that you might get this revelation tonight. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And tonight, because of these circumstances that have been tormenting you, you can hear and you can believe that Jesus Christ was God's only begotten son and that he died for your sins and was buried 
and raised again on the third day so that today you might be saved. You can hear what God says tonight and you can pray this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I I've been going through so much and I get it now. You've been trying to get my attention. And I, and I heard that Jesus was, was God's only son. I heard that he died for my sins, was buried and raised again on the third day so that today I may be saved. Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I give myself my all and all over to you right here and right now. Jesus, save me. Pray that prayer for the first time. And you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. I'm no longer inviting you to church. Uh, what I'm doing now is telling you to come on home. We want to see you at 311 North Dunbar, right in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. If you pray that prayer for the first time after I preach on Sunday, I want you to come down and let me know that you pray to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we'll welcome you to the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. You pray that prayer for the first time and you're somewhere else in the United States or in the world. I want to challenge you like I was challenging those at the beginning of the program to find a church home. You must find a church home. That's the way that you will grow in your faith and you must find a church home in some rare places around the world. You may even have to start a church home, find other Christians and gather together collectively and study God's word in Jesus' name. I want to thank you, Bethlehem and saints of God, for being a part of tonight's study. And as always, Bethlehem, I challenge you to stay connected. Stay connected to God's person. Stay connected to God's precepts. And stay connected to God's people. And that's why we want to see you this coming Sunday uh, join us at 10 o'clock on Zoom or in the sanctuary for Sunday school. And we'll see you this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Invite family members and friends. Let me give the benediction. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. And Father, today, we ask that you put your hedge of protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the people of God said, amen. And praise the Lord, Bethlehem, you are dismissed in Jesus' name.